0: You're listening to Postpartum Pieces, a sub-series of the Mummy Republic podcast, featuring educational conversations with professionals to help you get through postpartum life the best you can. Today's topic is birth trauma. I'm joined by clinical psychologist and author, Dr. Erin Bow. Okay, Erin, I think we're hearing more stories these days about mothers being open about their birth experience and associated trauma, but to assist in understanding what's just, you know, reflection and then what's trauma, how would you actually describe birth trauma? Oh, if you want the kind of one sentence answer, it's really
1: like a birth is traumatic if you say it is, like full stop, doesn't matter, two shits when anyone else thinks, it's about you, your feelings, your baby, your experience, bugger everyone else. That's the short version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the it. The longer that version bit. is, <laughs> yes, good, right? <laughs> I have to condense it because you could just go on and on. The slightly longer but still useful explanation is I always get people to like draw an imaginary horizontal line in your mind or on paper or however you learn. And at one end, you might have what you might recall, uh, refer to as birth regret. So there's aspects of your birth that go, oh, geez, I wasn't happy with that. I wonder if I should have, hmm, should I, mm, uh, and all that kind of like, uh, I really didn't want that C-section. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I should have had a midwife instead of an OB. I wonder if I should have gone to the hospital sooner. Like There were parts of the birth that were just like disappointing, regretful, that you weren't happy with, which most of us have to some extent. But generally speaking, it sort of doesn't interfere with your daily life. You sort of just, you definitely don't get over it. You do not ever get over birth trauma. You get through it. But it's kind of this like, oh, there are parts of it that could have been better. And I think that stays with all of us. Mm -hmm. Then it sort of moves up into like what you might call little T trauma. So you've got some kind of symptoms, experiences, you could call them. You just can't stop thinking about it. You're having flashbacks, visions to things that were done to your body, things that were said, confusing, scaring, scary, overwhelming, just anything about it. It's like it's not good and you kind of don't really like thinking about it. You'll avoid it. But it might not be full-blown post-traumatic stress disorder per se. You may be, if you've got a little T trauma, go and get a birthday brief. Read a book do a course, chat to a few people, feel validated, feel support, and then you sort of start to come right. With Mm -hmm. up the other end, which is more like full-blown PTSD, it doesn't resolve on its own. And I have met people well into their 70s and even 80s who still talk about that day, that night, where they birthed their baby, babies, and it's never left them. And it's like this perpetual state of panic that you're just stuck. It's like that movie Groundhog Day and you just can't stop thinking about it. You can't stop mm. having memories, smells, sensations, whatever. Like it's just you'll know. You'll know probably if you're in that category because it just doesn't. It's just relentless.
0: Mm. And isn't that interesting because we, I think there'd be so many people who would potentially be re-experiencing their births and uncovering bits and pieces and just thinking, oh, well, this is, that's fine. You know, it's everybody does it. I shouldn't have these feelings. Is it something with trauma? Does it generally happen immediately after or does it take time to sort of slowly start to remember and bring up these feelings and emotions? Can be a bit of both. So I guess the thing with trauma is it's kind of
1: like this experience where it's too much, too fast, too soon. Your brain, your nervous system, your sense of self, who you are, what day it is, what time it is, where you are, doesn't have time to integrate. Your brain just sort of goes into this trying to protect you mode and things get fragmented. So, I think that we see with trauma a lot is that timing gets fragmented. Like, trauma time feels like it's happening right now. So, whether you are two days after birth, two years, 20 years, If you're in it and you're in like that air quotes kind of trauma time, it's going to feel like it's happening right now. Most people don't know from the first get-go that that's what they've got. Very, 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 very few people would ever say, oh, I've got birth trauma. That's what it is. It takes time and it can come out when you most like least likely want to be thinking about it. That's another thing that trauma does. It's just like this weird filing cabinet of mismatched files and things just pop out. When you don't want to be thinking about it, um, it can come sort of slowly through like, oh, maybe I've got postnatal depression, maybe I've got anxiety, I'm just not coping, I'm just a failure, like, it, yeah, it can come out at any time, it's, there's no real like time frame for any of this.
0: And I, I think that's, we have so much emotionally to deal with post-birth, you know, the anxiety, the depression, it is something that affects so many women. And I think a lot of us get into the habit of going, oh, well, you know, at least the baby's okay, because that's what people say to you. If you've <laughs> got a help the baby, it's selfish to then have ill feelings towards the birth because, you know, it could have been worse. So what what would your recommendation be to someone feeling like that? First of all,
1: to that, I want to say there is a reason I have named my book more than a healthy baby, because it's just (laughs) such Such a common thing. You're so right. It's the common thing that happens. If we flip it, though, and you think about like a wedding, right? If your flowers aren't right, people don't say, oh, well, at least you've got a healthy husband or you've got a healthy partner. If Mm. some drunk uncle falls in the cake and spears on it. No one says, well, you should just be grateful. You've got a healthy husband. You've got a healthy partner. You know, you've still got your legs. You can still walk. Like it's just the expectations that we put on birth, like we treat people nicer at a wedding, which is like, you know equally big an event but I think a lot of people who've been through birth would say no not quite as like life altering (laughs) and yet we're much nicer we're much nicer to people about weddings if things don't go right Mm -hmm. because there's this expectation that this is your day you've paid money for it you've paid for services of course you should be happy because this is your day but yeah with birth we're just like oh well shut up get over it get on with it it's
0: yeah needs to change and I think it's by the same token, you know, women who have birth plans or have the intention to have a vaginal delivery and then something happens and they need an emergency C-section, we we downplay that as well because we go, well, you know, whatever has to happen. It, but it's not fair because it mm. does come with its own issues, I suppose.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot that goes on in birth trauma with just birth culture about decisions that get made that mm. you know sometimes ugh, it's that reflective stuff we were talking about before that parents sometimes look back and go was that actually emergency did we actually stop and say hang on we absolutely 100 percent with probability must do this otherwise x y and z is going to happen what tends to happen instead is that people get bullied they get patronized they get spoken to in that like well once you hear oh there's going to be a dead baby you know you're so vulnerable you're so suggestible you will do whatever anyone says, like mm. training yourself to stop and go, well, actually, what, can we get a second opinion? Have we got time to think what else we could do? Is this actually an emergency or is this that potentially, which happens a lot, you're a surgeon. Your preference is to do surgery. It's quicker. It's faster. It means you can get to the pub sooner. I mean, I'm being <laughs> really glib, but these are the stories that I hear, right, that yep. trauma sometimes yep. happens Not because anything actually went wrong, but because of a cascade of interventions that were told this is what has to happen without anyone else there to go, well, hang on, let's just like, what's the probability that this is going to happen? What happens if we wait? What happens if we get a second opinion? It's just such an all too common story because birth is a business. Hospitals Mm. are a business. They like to get people in and out the door.
0: And I imagine with that, there'd be a lot of guilt too from a mother's perspective to go, well, Maybe I didn't push hard enough or maybe I didn't ask the right questions. Is that something that you see quite often? Yeah, so much for couples in particular. Like the middle of
1: birth when you are not supposed to be using your rational brain, you're supposed to be using your primitive brain and concentrating on what you need to do to get the baby <laughs> into the world, using your breath, using everything you've got. Like it's bloody hard work. No, whatever Whatever kind of birth you have, it is bloody hard work. That's not the time to be like trying to be rational and make all these decisions. So people get walked over. And for partners as well, that's another common thing. You think like in what circumstance would you watch your partner held down, spoken to rudely, cut, threatened and just stand back and not say anything or not do anything? So often for partners it's this like, oh, it's sort of – it's this conundrum right like I did this but normally I would do that you know if this happened Mm. in the street like (laughs) I would be first one there to like you know push people out the way and knock over walls and do anything to protect but because of the culturalization that's not a word the culture of birth it was like stand back don't get in the way it's not about you like yeah Mm. there's a lot of things that go on
0: which is hard because, you know, we're not professionals and you wanna in every situation when it comes to health, trust the people are doing the right thing by you and looking after you. So it's it's a tough balance and obviously navigating through it and recovering, I suppose, from trauma is very individual because it depends on the situation. But if somebody's trying to work through it, what would be your do you have any general tips as to how they would start? Hmm.
1: I kind of came up with a bit of an acronym because acronyms always help tired, exhausted, overwhelmed, brain. (laughs) Yes. Yes, So if we go with AIM, so A is for allowing. Allowing is the thing that people who have trauma do not want to do. It's not the same as accepting it and just getting on with it. It's allowing those thoughts to come in right because what we all do when we have a thought we don't want to think about we tell ourselves not to think about it we try to distract ourselves think about something else you know let your parents socialize you look over there there's something shiny here's a snack shut you up all that kind of (laughs) stuff which we all do but allowing the big feelings in allowing Mm. the big scary thoughts in because when you let them in What it's actually doing in your nervous system and your brain is turning them into neutral information. So a huge part of trauma work is taking something that is distressing and overwhelming and I can't handle it into this is just going to become neutral, mildly unpleasant information. And the only way to do that is to start letting it in in small doses. So instead of the don't think about a pink elephant, whatever you think, like don't think about a pink (laughs) elephant stuff, just let it in two seconds, 20 seconds. 30 seconds, like we start, I start with people really, really small because the whole don't think about it doesn't work. Like if it were true that not worrying, like just don't worry, don't think about it, was an actual thing, I wouldn't actually have a job. (laughs) Like I wouldn't. (laughs) I would be superfluous. Like sometimes I would like to be superfluous and I wish I didn't have to do this work to some extent. But like allowing the thoughts in, right, and going it's a thought, it's a memory. That thing I was talking about before with the trauma time, sometimes with practice, it's the trick of going, okay, yes, this is happening, but in my house now. It's 2020. It's Thursday. I'm in my house and I'm safe. Hello, thought. Nice to meet you. Don't invite it in make sweet love to it, but just like let it in. Just let it in. So that's the first bit. The second bit is I for integrating. So brains like stories. When you have fragmented information, that is when, again, the proverbial filing cabinet will just spit stuff out. Do you want to look at this now? Do you want to do this now? Do you want to think about this now? Like You need a story with some sort of beginning, some sort of a middle, some sort of an end. You don't go outsourcing for it. Don't go asking people, well, what happened and how did this all work? It's just a a story that your your brain can get on board with. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be true. It doesn't have to be accurate. It's just here is my birth story from some sort of beginning Middle and end, because then you've got a story and your brain will go, oh, cool, right, finished. It's not going to get rid of it, it's not going to fix it, but it will definitely help with that bits of flying, weird information hanging around in your brain going into some sort of format. So, there's Mm. that part. A huge part of trauma work, again, is integration, getting it all into some sort of package, (laughs) I suppose, if that (laughs) makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the third one for M is the meaning making like what are you going to make this mean are you going to keep saying to yourself that you're weak that you shoot that you're stupid that you should have tried harder that you should have like whatever 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 we can you know we've all got our things that we say we should have done usually we think of them in the shower like oh, i should have done <laughs> i should have said that i feel seen that's me isn't it always and you rehearse like entire conversations you could have had in entire arguments in the perfect, you know, one-liners and you're like, no, none of us can do that. (laughs) (laughs) But change it into the like, yes, it it means that you're strong, right? Like so for me, Mm -hmm. with my five-kilo baby with stuck shoulders that, you know, I won't go into too much detail because I don't want to re-traumatise people. You can look for that story if you want to listen to it (laughs) or read about it. But, you know, part of that, which is like, you know, the greatest strength but also the challenging thing. is like now every time I don't want to do something or I have a paper cut or I stub my toe, I have to go like, well, I did that. Like I pushed out a five-kilo baby so I can probably deal with this. Like it shows you the strength that you didn't know you had. You know, it shows you that determination and love for your child that you will do anything for them, right? So make it mean something that is... You don't have to pick up your pom-poms and like make it something fake that you don't believe, that you don't identify with. But you need, you know, every every story also needs a hero. Like so what's your hero story? What's the thing that you can pull out of this to hang on to? That's the thing you're going to tell yourself instead of when you're like at the bottom floor of the shower crying your eyes out because you feel like a useless piece of shit because you can't make your baby stop crying. What are you here for? You're strong. You're capable that you did your best, like
0: whatever it is, make it mean something. Oh my God, that one hit me hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's such good advice and and perspective is so huge. And obviously, as you said, you have to kind of work through it to get to that point. But it's so important. You mentioned earlier that trauma is not something that you can just recover from or that you can just work through if it's to the point where it, it is consuming you. At what point would you suggest someone seeks help?
1: The thing we know about support seeking, right, and particularly women is like, we well, men too to some extent, we just like muddle on thinking it's going to get better, that we're going to grow out of it. But, you know, there's a lot of barriers and some of those are to do with, oh, God, well, if I admit I need help, like what does that mean? But I think it's never too early. Like it's also never too late. There's no there's not, like perfect time. But I think... It, knowing that this is actually very treatable and if you find someone that you like and you connect with which is arguably more important than what it is you're actually doing with this person like in terms of which therapy mm-hmm. or which medication or only that kind of stuff you have to like this person you have to trust them you have to get on with them it's not like you know going to the dentist and you think like oh yep you cringe. And have your mouth open and do your thing and then you're like yep you're a bit of a prick but you do nice work on my teeth like it's not going to work like that you really need to find someone that you connect with and the sooner the better you know it's it's that first step it's such a cliche but it is hard because the thing is potentially like other traumas come up in our lives nobody is free of trauma we we all have it to some extent, I believe that's actually what we're here to do is to suffer and learn from <laughs> the suffering. Um, so if it's not this, it will be something else. Guarantee there will be something else in your life that's going to cause you some sort of pain. I'm sorry, <laughs> but it is truth. So you may as well go and start. And if you need to manipulate yourself, like I do with clients sometimes and go, well, don't do it for you. Do it for your child you know Mm. be that person Mm. and you might be the first person in your family to go do you know what when we struggle with something we put the big girl pants on and we ask for help because you're modeling to little people that it's okay to ask for help
0: yeah and it is important to heal yourself because it as I mean clearly you know as a psychologist it does come out in other ways if you don't if you don't deal with it you know it'll sneak out or something will happen and you'll keep reliving those moments and not being able to work past it. Do you have any final advice? Because I'm obviously going to put all of your details into the show notes and refer to your book and all of the the sources of help that you offer. But as a final word of wisdom, I suppose, to anybody who's going through this. So that's one in three, right?
1: So, you know, again, if we were in a room, and I always say this to people like because we're not in a room now together, obviously, but this literally is like turn to your left, turn to your right. If it's not the person on your left and it's not the person on your right, presuming like you're in a room full of people who've given birth, then it's you. Mm. So it's one in three. Like this is not some, you know, <laughs> it's it still is so bizarre to me that like birth as a traumatic experience is left off pretty much every like infographic about trauma that exists and a lot of this unfortunately it's cultural it's this real deeply ingrained patriarchal notion that birth you know oh that's just a thing that you do mm. and that's not that yeah. bad and get over it and I mean it can be amazing and it can be beautiful but I, I hate like dichotomies of like good birth bad birth these bits it's like a soup of all sorts of different experiences right there's nothing all good or all bad there's usually somewhere in the middle but knowing that it's you know you are absolutely not alone but be really selective in who you tell your story to like if you don't want advice from that person then don't tell them like if you're not going to get support and validation And just, you know, until you get to the place like me where you're like happy to shout it from the rooftops from anyone who will listen, be really careful with your energy. Be careful of that thing that sometimes happens where, you know, it's like when you start telling a dream and then people interrupt and they go, oh, yeah, and I had this dream and you've just reminded me of this thing. This is another thing that people do sometimes. They start talking about their own experience and you're like, oh, God, I didn't want to hear all of this on top of because that's why I don't go into a lot of the detail about my birth because it's triggering. And you never know quite what's going to trigger you. So just be selective in who you talk to, which is very different to keeping it to yourself. But just be choosy about your support, you know.
0: Oh, I think that's such solid advice. I think you can put that down to any kind of anything that you're struggling with. Hmm. Be careful about who you open up to because you want support, not a competition or somebody belittling your feelings. You want to actually get support from opening up. Yeah, and not everybody actually has the skills to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. This personally hit very, very hard. But I think you've given such amazing insights and amazing advice. And it's so important for us to start talking about this more because we are very much in the mindset of well it's something that every woman does if they have a child you know they've been through birth and it's time that we started getting a bit more real about it so I will absolutely put all of your information into the show notes so that people can follow along and touch base with you Uh, but thank you so much for joining me Dr Erin Bow. Pleasure. truly some amazing pieces of advice there a few things that i took away from the conversation is that trauma can come up at any time and it's often fragmented so don't be surprised if it comes up later than expected sometimes you're in survival mode it's important to note that birth is more than just having a healthy baby it's okay if you've experienced trauma, it's not something that you can control, and it can be difficult for both partners. If you're starting to try to navigate through this process, Erin recommends using the acronym AIM, Allowing, Integrating and Meaning Making, something to get you started. But as Erin mentioned, it's important to open up and seek help if you think that you can't get through this alone. I've popped all of her details into the show notes for a point of call, and if you haven't done so already, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so that you can join me next week as well. If you're on Instagram, head on over to @mummyrepublicpodcast for more information on the postpartum subseries and the main podcast and the guests that are involved. Thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to speaking with you next time.